Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited to have you guys here today. We have an amazing guest that uh, I'm very thrilled is on the show with us. His name's Dustin Matthews. We're going to get to Dustin in just a second. But before we do, as always, I need to introduce my amazing co-host, none other than Dean Holland. <laughs> and here I come riding in on noble steed <laughs> once again. <laughs> once again. Welcome to the show, Dean. How are you doing, James? I'm excellent. Better now that we're getting to uh, to do what we love most and talk oh, with yes. amazing people who are up to uh, some really cool stuff. So, Dustin Matthews, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? James, I am fired up. I'm ready to rock and roll. And you too, Dean. I'm ready to have a good time. Yeah, likewise. Looking forward to it. Do you typically ride in uh, into your office on Noble Steed like Dean does, or is that just a British thing, Dustin? Well, you know what? After I heard that, I want to. I most certainly <laughs> would love to ride into the empire because we got a little uh, a little theme there that would play really nicely into that. <laughs> right. One of the businesses that you've run for quite some time and helped tons of people is called Speaking Empire. So I guess maybe you should introduce some trumpets to that. <laughs> Are you going to play the sound effect or am I? I did, just so everybody knows, uh, nobody played that sound effect. That was the trumpeteer in Dean's office. <laughs> I know. I, I do apologize for his lack of jumping to attention there when I instructed him. <laughs> I think what really happened was he went back to having his tea and crumpets because he thought his portion of the show was over. Right. Um, that's <laughs> Clearly, he was wrong. So, Dustin, you've just got a tremendous background and experience in the world of entrepreneurs, info marketing and, you know, speaking, giving amazing presentations and, you know, running your own successful companies. And before we get into sort of the meat and potatoes of, you know, what you're up to and with the book that you wrote with Dan Kennedy, because we totally want to touch on that. How did you become an entrepreneur? Because I don't think I know that. And I think a lot of people are always interested in those those journey stories. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate that. You know, my mother was always entrepreneurial. She would always have like a side hustle or a side thing. And so she did ceramics and things. So I got a taste of that growing up, but it didn't really rub off because when I left school, I thought, okay, I'm going to go get a job. And that was my, my mindset until I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you guys read that book? Totally. In fact, that book would, like had that same impact on me too. Yeah, that was my thing. And so I, I read the book and I, I thought I was going to be the next real estate millionaire, uh, but it wasn't in the cards. But it did prompt me to go down to an investor club where there was a guy starting a company. And I said, hey, listen, you know, having just read the book, I said, teach me how to buy a house and I'll come work for free. I was looking for my rich dad. So basically, there was a startup company. They needed all the free labor they could get. And so I went there and uh, I got to see behind 
behind the scenes and do marketing and learn sort of the craft of giving presentations that get people into action or, or basically giving messages that get people to do things. And so after three years of that, being behind the scenes and kind of being a market manager, sales you know, manager, which had a little flexibility and freedom, I said, I got to go do this for myself. And so I went and I, I burned the bridges and I said, you know what, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out. And so that's sort of my foray into entrepreneurship. And that was like over 12 years ago. So what was the, what was the first thing that you did? Like, so you, you were like, okay, bridges burned. Yep. Now I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. Was it immediate success? Did you have challenges? Like what was that first thing that you decided to jump into? Oh boy, did I have challenges. Uh, the first thing I did was I knew about surrounding myself with powerful people. Um, one, they just sort of rub off of you. Two, sometimes there's there's somebody in that group that I, I call them knuckleheads and they're like, man, if that guy can be successful, what am I doing on my butt not being <laughs> successful? So That's the way that I see Dean. I, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, it. Right, if Dean can do it, I know that I can. <laughs> I love and it. I'm just glad to inspire you, my friend. <laughs> Wherever you get your inspiration from it. And that was, yeah. that, was, that was me. And so I wandered into this mastermind group of powerful people. And again, I kind of brought that energy of, hey, let me help you volunteer. I'll do whatever you need me to do just so I could put myself in the environment. And so what ended up happening there is um, the guy said, listen, we need to monetize. We need to make some money from this events, these events that we're doing. And so – I had the opportunity to pitch the pitchmen. And so imagine this. I'm like 20, 25 years old, wet behind the ears. I look like I'm probably 16 years old. And I'm speaking to a group. This is where I was still afraid to speak. I'm speaking to a group of trained assassins, meaning like these guys are hired to come in and sell and be pitchmen. And they're like the top of the top. And so I ended up offering something they needed. I wasn't the best communicator at the time, and they bought and Long story short, one of the gentlemen in that group was a business credit expert, and I pitched him. I said, listen, you're doing this as a service. I know we can sell this as a book, as an information product, and so I pitched him on being his partner, and so that's how I really got my start is I started launching uh, a business credit program out into the world and started getting customers that way. Right. Wow, fascinating. So it's interesting that you said at that point you were afraid to speak. Yeah. People see you now. They hear you now. They're like, yeah. I'm sure this guy must just be a natural. He must have always enjoyed speaking to people. What was that transition that got you from, you know, being afraid to speak and give presentations and come into your own? Like what, how did you go from afraid to speak Dustin to, you know, speaking empire, writing a book on presentations with Dan Kennedy, Dustin? <laughs> well, you know, that's <laughs> trial by a fire, trial by fire. And, and what I mean by that is, my backstory in this is at school, at university, I had to take a public speaking class in order to graduate. And so what ended up happening was I found a legal loophole to get out of it. I had taken a class in high school, actually, if you, if you guys really want to know. I was chasing a girl, and so she was in this class, and so I signed up for it. It was after school, and it was called Model United Nations. And so what ended up happening was I took this class and I was speaking and I didn't realize it. And so long story short, I got a letter from that teacher that got me out of having to take public speaking. And so what's funny is I think there's these opportunities as entrepreneurship or just opportunities in life, you know, and if you want to grow – you have to take these opportunities. And at that time, I didn't want to grow. I was afraid of it. And so one day I was forced, I was forced to speak if I wanted to continue at that one company that I started at. And so there was no loophole. There was no getting out of it. And that's what I did. I spoke and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. 
and that completely changed my world. We got customers, we got signups, people were interested in what I had to say. Uh, it completely changed my world, and I said, you know what, this speaking thing is powerful. And so I've been calling on speaking, whether it's on a stage, I do a lot of webinars now, I do Facebook Lives, we're doing a podcast, which is, which is speaking, and it's all about getting people into action. That's awesome. That's yeah. super cool. How did you go from you know getting that realization to then was it one of these things where your biggest fear just sort of transforms itself into what you feel like you need to help people with? You know, because I think a lot of people are afraid to speak and then see the value of it, but they don't go on to create companies and information that actually teach people how to do that. Like, why, why did that become such a passion of yours? Well, you know what's interesting? I say the two things that have radically changed my life, and there's, there's many things, but the two things that really stick out are marketing and speaking. And really, speaking is a form of marketing or selling, if you want to call it that. And so what happened was, is when I was um, reinventing myself, and actually Dave, the guy that I went to go apprentice with, he said to me one day, he's like, listen, I want to do an event. I need to reinvent myself. My other company's kind of coming to a close. And he's like, let's do a seminar. And I say, okay, what are you, what are you thinking? And he says, well, everyone's asking me how I'm able to speak and sell uh, this $9,000 system uh, from the stage in 90 minutes. And I said, well, that's interesting because I'm doing these cool things called product launches. And so a lot of people are asking me about marketing. So he says, let's do an event. And so I said, all right, let's do it and let's sell something. And if it sticks, then we'll pursue it further. And so we got 90 people to show up in Tampa, Florida at an event. We gave the gold for three days and then we made one offer and we screwed it all up, but we got one person to buy from us at 25,000. And so in that moment, we said, hmm, we could have done it better. Obviously, people showed up and they wanted the information. And so let's give it another go. And so we just kept testing and people kept buying. And we said, great, let's show people. Let's build an entire company around showing people how to speak, give a message that gets people into action. And then I'll bring my love. I'll bring my expertise, which is how do you get the eyeballs? How do you get people to show up to hear a message? And so that's how Speaking Empire was born. That's awesome. <laughs> Well-deserved fanfare there. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, that deserved it like if anything else I've ever heard. So, um, <laughs> Dean, I know uh, I know you wanted to jump in and ask a question. <laughs> You're going to stitch me up every time with this sound effect. <laughs> I can't help myself. I like it too much. <laughs> It's, it's more a comment than a question, actually, just from my own experience as well, uh, of a few things that you've just said there, Dustin. Like, I remember myself when I was actually going to speak for the very first time in front of a crowd, and I was like absolutely petrified, completely profusely sweating, like nervous as anything. But then, like, you just said something really interesting, which I can relate to completely. Afterwards, it was like I didn't want to leave. I wanted that feeling again. I think it gave me such a buzz to be up there in front of people that it was almost like a complete anti-climax to now come off stage and walk away from it. So do, do you think for you after you did that for the first time, was it that buzz that you thought this is something actually I really love? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. It's like the things that we run from, you know, we, we finally do it. And they were like, wow, that, that was awesome. And so that was my experience. Now, that didn't mean like my fear of speaking went away because I, I understand, you know, what it's like to be an entrepreneur or be somebody that's like, eh, you know, I can hear these guys speaking. But, you know, so it, it never went away, that, that fear of speaking. But it was like, wow, this can change my, my, my business. And so I've learned a couple tricks along the way. And, you know, we don't call it the, you know, butterflies or anything like that. But I call it, you know, the excitement that pulses through my body before I 
I, I get up there, it lets me know that I'm alive. And, you know, that actually came from a uh, Rolling Stone interview with very famous musicians where, you know, they'd asked them, hey, you know, do you still get the jitters before you go on stage? And one person said what I just said, that frame there, I borrowed it. And then another person who was very famous said, hey, you know, yeah, they have to pull me out of the dressing room. I throw up, you know, a couple times. And it's like how they talk about it is very, very powerful. And I think that's like anything in life, you know, how, the, the self-talk. Yeah, love it. That's awesome. So, Dustin, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this book. Pretty excited to know uh, what your uh, was about. So it's so you co-authored it with Dan Kennedy. No BS guide to powerful presentations. These no BS guides that Dan Kennedy does and that you're doing now. The title sort of says it all. So there shouldn't be any misunderstanding about what that book is about, right? Right. <laughs> right? It's no BS. We should know what it's about. But like, tell us what you really wanted to write in there to contribute to the way you know, that people communicate and give presentations and speak. You know, Jay, that, that's a good question. I, and I, here's what I want to say. What surprises people about the book, because you, like you said, the book says it all, powerful presentations. But what surprises people about the book is that it's really a book on choreography. And so I like to put it this way. You know, if you ever go to your favorite show, your favorite opera, you, you go see the Blue Man Group in Vegas or, you know, if they come to your town, the whole thing is choreographed. Everything from how you enter, when the doors open, the temperature of the room, the lighting, all that stuff. Like people can relate to that, right? And these performers and even the audio technicians and, you know, the crew backstage, they practice and practice and practice to make it one heck of an experience for us when we go. And so really what surprises people is, yes, we talk about you need to have a powerful message that gets people into action, whether you do infomercials, radio programs, podcasts, speak from stage. No matter what, we've got to get people into action. And so what surprises people is there's things that we can do even before people show up. Like we can do marketing. We can send videos. We can send text messages if you're in the, in the business world. And then obviously after you deliver your message or you do your performance, there's things that you can do to get more customers, make more money, increase conversion after the fact. And you've probably heard it this way, you know, the fortunes in the follow-up. And so it's really this idea that if you want to get something in life, you really ought to consider choreographing the whole process. Don't just let it happen by chance. Really figure out what are the steps that are needed to get that person to act, whether you're trying to get a donation, trying to get an appointment, trying to get someone to buy your product or service, and think about the whole picture. No, I think that's really cool. So your whole philosophy in this book is saying, okay, yeah, you got to get up and you got to, you know, present in the moment and give a powerful presentation. But what dramatically enhances that presentation is the positioning and all the things that can happen before, during, and around that, and also afterwards. And it's that whole package that really is what's driving conversions and driving results in action. That's exactly right. And I got a great story that just popped in my head about this. I remember going a few years ago when the real estate market was hot. And uh, you ever see The Apprentice? James? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, The Apprentice, you know, Trump now in office and, and whatnot. And so The Apprentice, I remember the, the girl that had won, uh, I think her name was Kendra, and she had come to Tampa, Florida, and I was at a real estate group at the time, and I was watching this. And so she was doing a presentation, 60-minute presentation, and she was selling pre-construction homes. Like, that's when it was all the rage. And I remember three-quarters of the way through her presentation, she's getting to the end. She's getting to the close. She's kind of, like, very afraid to, to, to close. She, she's not, like, super professional. She's only given this presentation a couple times. And so you can feel that anxiety. But this 80-year-old woman pops up in the middle of her talk and she hands her a piece of paper. Now, Kendra is taken back by this 
Come to find out the paper is a check. And so Kendra says to this old lady uh, that, that, that stood up, she says, ma'am, you just handed me a blank check. And she's like, listen, you're an ex- you were on the show and whatever you're offering, you know, this pre-construction, I want in. And so it made me realize you don't have to be the best communicator in the world. You may be nervous. You may have an off day. However, because she had so much credibility, because she had so much authority going in there, and I know not all of us are going to get on a TV show, but that's one of the factors we talk about is how do you position yourself before you even get there so that you don't have to be a Tony Robbins. You don't have to be Les Brown. You don't have to be a great communicator. It's great if you are, but how can you pull that off? And so all these factors go into getting people to act. All right. So, you know, we call the show just the tips because one, because it makes Dean and I laugh that that's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that was our primary reason. But the second one is, you know, maybe more important to, to our listeners is to give them like real tangible, something that they could, you know, either, you know, really think about putting action immediately or something like that. So in this whole vein of, you know, the, the creating the whole package what are some, you know, one or two just key things that, you know, should should people be doing right now to make their presentations and everything that they're doing just more effective? I got it. And I'm going to I'm going to over I'm going to massively over deliver here, which requires a little bit of time. Do we have it? We got it. OK, cool. I'll go rapid fire. And I suggest people listen to this again and again, as all your shows they said listen to over and over again. Uh, so I'm going to go quickly here so we can get this all in. So there's five what I follow, I've identified five core components of a persuasive presentation. I'll give you a nugget in each one. So there's the intro, the story, the offer, the body, and the close. So those are the five components. So a tip in each one, just the tips, right? All right. So step number one, or the first thing is an intro. So if you look at the most powerful people in our society, if you look at athletes, if you look at the president, the queen of England, rock bands, right? These folks are influencers. They get paid the most in society. They're highly revered. And so if you want to model that and influence and make as much money as they do, we want to look at the things they do. So if you go to your favorite basketball game, right? You go into the arena, they shut the lights off, they announce them. Uh, if you go to your favorite rock group, it's never just the Rolling Stones or U2 that comes out. There's a warm-up act, right? The president is always announced, right? There's always somebody that comes in. The Queen of England, you know, they introduce the duchesses and the dukes and all everything before the queen comes out. So if you're in a retail location, you're giving a presentation, you're in the boardroom, you want to make sure to have somebody or something introduce you. It positions you as the expert, as the authority. And what I mean by something is sometimes you can use an introduction video, And, you know, I'm not a braggadocious guy, but I will have people or I will have videos brag about me and let you know that I'm the authority and and the, you know, credible person so that you're more interested to pay attention to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's awesome. So, and, 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 and I love that because anybody can do that, right? Absolutely. So let's get into the second one. And I know we got a really cook here with just the tips. So number two is a story. Now, you don't just tell one story. You tell multiple stories throughout. And so the big lesson I want to share with folks is that you want to tell a transformational story. Now, this is going to apply differently to different people. So if you're in corporate listening to this, if you're in a, you know association or you have a charity and you're raising money, you're going to tell different stories, but there has to be some sort of transformational story. And it can be about you, about how life was really bad and now life is great again, or it can be about the product, or it can be about the division. You just have to tell some story of transformation. And the absolute kings and queens of this is Hollywood. 
So if you ever want to uh, watch a movie and tell the spouse, hey, you're doing research, you can do it because you want to see how people are storytelling, how movies are storytelling. And if you want extra credit, what I would tell you to do is Google the hero's journey, and that will give you a solid foundation of which to bake in a, a story into your sales messaging or into your copywriting. Awesome. I know we want to you know, sort of power through these tips, but I would just want to pause here for a second on story because I have seen the power of this uh, in, in my, own, my own world in recent years as my awareness of this has grown. But why stories, Dustin? Like, why, why are stories so powerful, right? Because a lot of people just really resonate with them. But what is it about the story that just compels us to want to tell them, want to hear them, and they, they move and inspire us? Like, why is that? You know, it's just baked into our DNA. You know, before we had all the fancy stuff we have now, all this computer tech and stuff, we had to tell stories to pass down history. And so it's just baked in when, you know, I've got two young boys right now. And every night, you know, I'm reading a story. Actually, I read multiple stories because he just, uh, Dexter keeps saying, one more, one more, one more. And so, uh, you know, like it's just baked in for storytelling. And it's funny, like when you look at a presentation or a podcast or anything that you consume, it's likely that you're not going to remember the five things, you know, the steps, but you're going to remember, oh, that guy was afraid to speak like so much so that like he found a way out of it. Or, you know, he was chasing a girl. You may remember that from this podcast. And so it's the stories that make us personable and latch onto. And, and I believe that's just baked into us as, as humanity. Right. Dean, I think you were uh, trying to chime in there. And this is not an opportunity for me to use the Chewbacca sound. Just so you know. <laughs> Are you sure? No. I'm going to get caught out. It's I was just going to say, like, from my own experience as well, because I've always tried to analyze this, because like you said, James, like, I don't think you're aware of the influence and power of story until someone makes you aware of the influence and power of story. And then you like you start noticing things. And I, I actually think I've become a bit too much of a geek with this now because I can't actually sit and enjoy a movie without tearing it apart. I'm constantly looking for like, why are they saying that? I see what's going on here. <laughs> Absolutely. I think like I, I just have to agree with what you've said there, Dustin. Like it's the story you remember. Like if somebody was just spouting facts out at you or just telling you something like you need to know this compared to explaining it through story like i know which one i'm going to remember absolutely it's why kids struggle in school you know because the teachers are doing facts and it's very factual and so they don't associate stories with the things that need to learn and so that's why um you know sometimes kids struggle a lot is because they they just don't have the great storytellers there to help them you know remember things that was number two and you said you were going to deliver five tips oh Um, i love it holding me accountable yes let's let's do it let's do it all right so number (laughs) three is the offer now before we get into offer. What people usually think when I say offer is like, oh, we're selling something. Like the guy that opens up his suit jacket and he says, oh, I got these watches. Now, hold on. We're not selling the watches. So what you want to do here is you want to tell your audience that something something is plaguing them. They have a challenge. There's a problem in the marketplace. And so your job to be in front of them is to educate them. Now, they may know they've got pain in their knee. However, they might not know that one out of three Americans has that same pain. Um, they may not know that according to the American Medical Association, you know, if you don't fix that pain, you're likely to break your leg or whatever, whatever the statistic could be. And so your job is to remind them of what the pain or challenge is with powerful stories and statistics, right? And mentions from the media, whatever is credible to them. So CNN, ESPN, if you're in the sports crowd, you know, it could be your trade association, whatever is relevant and trustworthy to them. And then obviously the whole reason why you would be in front of that person is because now you can provide the solution. And the solution is not your product or service, but it's your methodology 
It's the methodology of which your product and service is based on. And that'll become clear when I get into four and five. And you have our permission to get into <laughs> four or five. Good man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So number four, the fourth part of a powerful appreciation is the body. And what some people call this is this is where the value or the content is. And I say, listen, the whole thing is value because you're bringing awareness, you're giving statistics, you're educating people. But some people say this is, this is where that is. And so what I want to challenge everyone listening in to do is come up with a methodology. So if you're selling a product or you're selling coaching or info, I want you to write down what are the three, five, seven, whatever it is, your process to help someone become successful. So if I were the good old weight loss coach, uh, what I might say is, listen, in order for anyone to lose weight, they need to drink more water. Number two, they need to you know, get smaller plates. Uh, number three is look at the fork twice before you actually stick it in your mouth and four and five, right? So let's just say those were my steps. You do yourself a great favor if you name those steps. So I'll have some fun with you. We could call it the James Dean method of weight loss. You like that? Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very well known. It's a very reputable program. I'm glad you know about it, Dustin. <laughs> you did your research. There's a lot of entries on Wikipedia about the James Dean method. Right. So, so we've got the James Dean method. Now, if you want to, you know, just by me naming it something, people are like, okay, you know, like it sounds a little more than like some five steps this guy just came up with. So now it sounds a little more palatable. Now, if you want to plus it, I want you to go trademark it. If this is something you're going to hang your hat on, if this is something you want to be known for, go trademark it. And I want to ask you guys, when you see the little TM or the little R behind something, what does it say to you? It says it's legit. Right. Legit. There's some curiosity. Right, yeah. right. And so there's that trustworthiness. And so what I want you to do is like I want you to do that because it will, one, set you apart. It positions you as the expert. And then also you can charge more because it looks more substantial, it looks more real. And so I want to challenge everybody in the body section to come up with five steps to make your client successful. If you've got a product that you're selling, what are the five things or the five technologies you baked in to make it so powerful? And then what I want you to do in between each one is tell a story. Now, I've got two boys, and one of them's three years old. So he's at that ripe age where he can say, no, daddy, or no, in a fit. And so I think about my audience. Every time I tell them to do something, they could say no. And so what you want to do is tell a story. You want to tell a case study of somebody behind every step. So if I said drink more water and I told you about Dean, who was very skeptical, he had tried this in the late 90s. He had tried a diet that was very similar that told him to drink more water. And he's in my crowd and he said that stuff doesn't work. But if I tell him the story and I say, listen, I talked to his buddy James and I checked in with him in seven days after challenging him to drink more water and he dropped 2.3 pounds. Now you're forced to say, well, maybe. Or you're saying, let me hear more. And so it's through that storytelling that really right. cements and solidifies that mm. in the body. Nice. The, the last one, because I know we got to cook here, is we got to close. And so the key thing in the close is you ought not wait to the end to get your first yes. And so podcast, it's a little bit different, but I've been playing off of James. I've been playing off of Dean. I've asked you guys questions. And so that's my way of engaging. And so we ought to be asking questions throughout. Just like if you were sitting across from a prospect, you're not just going to talk at them for an hour. You're going to ask questions, right? You're going to say, hey, does this make sense? You know, what do you think about this idea, this concept? You want to do that throughout. So when then you ask for the sale, it's not the first time they're hearing it. Dude, this is amazing. So I don't know about you, Dean. I feel, well, I guess you're, you're British, so you don't even celebrate Thanksgiving. So I can't <laughs> use that analogy. I was going to say, like, this feels for me like the information equivalent of just having had a Thanksgiving feast. And I mean that, and I'm super excited to get my hands on this book. 
you know, and read all of the stories that you share in there and, you know, the details and all the things that support this framework, because this is, uh, this is extremely powerful stuff. Can you give maybe like a, an example or something just, you know, before, uh, before we wrap up? Oh, he wants a bonus. Yeah, I do. I do. I want dessert. Like, I feel like I got the feast. <laughs> He's just getting greedy now. I apologize, Dustin. This is just... What I hear is the cup doth not runneth over yet. So let's make it runneth over. <laughs> right. All right. So... <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm going to pick a crazy example. And what I mean by crazy is uncommon. Like, we work with a lot of names that people would know. Uh, but those, those are easy. And so I want to I talk about a chiropractor. His name is Dr. Jeremiah Joseph. And he is down in Sarasota, Port Charlotte, which is about an hour out. Uh, south of Tampa, uh, where I'm from. And so he's a chiropractor. And so what he does are these things called lunch and learns. And he invites people with neuropathy, pain in their joints, to come to a free lunch where he explains the ins and outs and how he can help them. And what he does is he offers a two-step approach. So he invites them to lunch. And then he doesn't try to like sell them like, hey, come to my, you know, come to my office for a thousand bucks and I'll fix you. He's like, listen, come to my office and let me, you know, diagnose you, see where you're troubled and let, let me give to you a solution. You know, let me prescribe to you what what it is. And so what he was doing is these lunch and learns, and he took the five concepts that we talked about here just quickly and what we talk about in the book. And he, this was a guy that was already closing, like a student of the game. He was already getting about half the room to sign up to go to the next step, to come to his office. After implementing what I shared uh, and you know in detail here, what he was able to do was increase that closing ratio. So imagine one out of two people you already close and get to the next step. But imagine going from that up to 80%. So he reported back to me having gone through this process that we talk about, closing up to 80%. So in a room of 10 people, he's getting eight people now to take the next step, which subconsciously they know is a sales presentation. Like they get it. If I come to his office, he's going to pitch me on fixing me. But still, they took that action. And so he went from a 50% to an 80% close ratio after implementing these ideas and strategies. Dude, that's so awesome. That is so awesome. And I'm so glad you used that example because I know you do work with a lot of big names and stuff like that. And I think, you know, when people hear that, they're like, oh yeah, but that's so-and-so. Of course they're getting better results, right? But mm -hmm. that's such a great story because your average guy who's out there, you know, trying to make, make his business grow, trying to make more money, have a better life for himself and his family and all those things, takes these things, implements them, goes from 50% to 80%, which is enormous. So Dean, uh, aren't you glad I asked for dessert? I am very glad. <laughs> I'm very glad. It, it, strangely though, it's now almost got me addicted and I'm ready for more. Yeah, like, like, does this have to come to an end? That's the, the real question. <laughs> well, it doesn't, but the show must come to an end. If everyone is as excited as I am uh, about this information that you heard here today, you've got to pick up a copy of Dustin's book. No BS Guide to Powerful Presentations. Dustin, is that something where they go to your website, they can order on Amazon, or like how? what's the easiest way for them to get their hands on that? Yeah, I made it real easy. So nobspresentations.com. Again, that's nobspresentations.com. And I send you there because, yes, you can go to Amazon and order it there, and there's actually a link right there to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your favorite bookstores. But I also want you to go there because I get it. I'm an entrepreneur, and it's, you know, it's great to hear a podcast and get ideas, but now it comes down to implementation and execution to make results happen. So I've given you tools and resources like templates, emails you can use, things where you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So that's going to be found at nobspresentations.com, and that comes when you order the book. Dude, that is, uh, that is amazing. This is a tremendous amount of value. Uh, I'm thrilled that we were able to share this time with you here on the show today.
nobspresentations.com. Make sure you guys head over there, get this book, get all the additional resources that Dustin's got available for you. Dean Holland, before we wrap this up, do you have any last thoughts or lingering questions? I, I just have to say, like, Dustin, it's very obvious, even just hearing you speak on the podcast here, like in comparison to set, perhaps seeing you on stage and being in a room with you, it's very clear just listening to you why you're at the top of the game like you are and why you've helped so many people. Just the knowledge and the, the delivery of it is just amazing. So just thank you for coming on the show. It's been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I had a blast. I love the sound effects. I love the, the tribe and the community. I love what you guys are up to. So let's rock and roll. Well, thanks so much, Dustin. All right, so that's a wrap for us today, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel signing off along with my co-host, Dean Holland, and we will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.